Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4213 of the Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world, albeit a world that seems increasingly to have its visuals viewed through a thoroughly smashed kaleidoscope of confusion, recrimination and introspection. Happy times. I am in Australia, uh, in Sydney to be precise, just a few miles north of where in 1770 Team GB's Captain Cook landed, narrowly missing out on the title of being the first person to discover this ridiculously massive but heroically uninhabitable continent by a mere 60,000 years or so. Uh, another near miss for, uh, for Great Britain on that one. And who should I have bumped into here? but someone who until recently sported a very impressive bump, uh, fresh, from her recent sprogification. It's Bugle, new parent of the month for October 2021. Alice Fraser. Alice, uh, well, A, congratulations, and B, hello. Hello, hello, thank you. Hello, Andy, hello, Buglers. I am, yes, I'm now one less person than I was a few weeks ago. (laughs) Oh, congratulations for... Going back down to just one rather than two. Excellent. It's ex- it's an extremely strange feeling, but not as strange as it was before. Um, I should say we are recording in Alice's flat in what is I mean is cupboard too grand? I mean it was a laundry, and right. now it's my podcast studio. But it is very much a one-man podcast studio, and by one man I mean one medium-sized lady. <laughs> Uh, it's also uh, on the sixth floor of a block of flats, and the weather here is, you know, it's... Weathering. British, rather than Australian. Yes, as, you seem to have brought the yes. wind, and also we overlook the ocean, so yeah, it's... it's windy. So this may be a more buffeted-sounding bugle <laughs> than normal. So, I mean, how how have you enjoyed your first month and a bit of... Baby control. I, I feel very happy and lucky. I have the best baby in all the world, um, which, you know, I think... Yeah, if anyone wants are. to challenge that claim, uh, do yeah, email us. I have been training my baby for baby fights, and I reckon my baby's <laughs> going to win. Uh, first of all, she's f***ing massive, <laughs> for which I take all credit for. I feel, um, yeah, I feel very pleased with myself. I have not had a lot of sleep, so if I'm not as funny as I usually am turns out that my funniness was sleep reliant <laughs> and if i'm more funny than i usually am this could be a spiral that ends badly <laughs> uh, we are recording on the 26th of november 2021 sunday the 28th will be aura awareness day oh really apparently. and to mark aura awareness day which is obviously a huge day for everyone around the world we are giving a free extra 10 percent aura for all bugle listeners um, this is in addition to the regular extra aura provided by just listening to this soul-inspiring newscast every week. Uh, this does come with a caution. Aura additions are cumulative. If you exceed 200% of your regular aura, you may be swept up to heaven in a golden chariot. The bugle cannot be held responsible for any apotheoses resulting from claiming the 10% extra aura offer. If you start hearing ethereal music, please seek help immediately. I once had a lady read my aura while she was waxing my undercarriage. Right. Yeah, she said, you have you have a sad energy about you. <laughs> Feet well, together, knees apart. And I said, because, you know, you, if somebody says that about you, you, you want to make them happy. So I was like, oh, yeah, my, my grandmother died like a year ago. Right. <laughs> and she was like, don't worry. She's watching over you right now. Really? Which While is you're not, having your undercarriage <laughs> yeah, Which I was like, I, I was not as, as um, reassuring as I think she thought it was. <laughs> well, that's a lovely story. <laughs> 
as always, a section of this podcast is going straight in the bin. Uh, and this week, appropriately enough, we have a baby tips section. Obviously, the best advice you can give to any baby and its uh, parents uh, is to listen to the bugle as often yes. as possible. So Important. From a very, very early age. I went to the hospital this morning and had to leave her at home and I genuinely suggested um, just playing one of my podcasts <laughs> to her if she got crazy. <laughs> We have uh, given baby tips on the bugle before, but advice always changes when it comes to these things, doesn't it? As has been true through history. And back in issue 243, we did share this piece of advice. When baby pukes on your clothes, resist the revenge impulse to counter vomit on its clothes. (laughs) That came from the Royal Society of Personal Vendettas. I think that still stands. I mean, that stands also uh, occasionally if you are uh, feeding a baby, your baby will vomit on your tits. (laughs) And it's hard not to take that as an insult. <laughs> yes, I mean, I've been vomited on, um, not just by babies, actually, um, <laughs> by a, by a um, um, an audience member at Cardiff University at a stand-up gig. Wow. Didn't vomit on me, but his vomit did reach my shoes via splatter pattern. A compliment or insult? Um, I thought it was instance. either. It was right at the start of the gig, so... <laughs> I mean, if it was a, if it was an insult, he made his mind up before the gig what he thought the evening was going to provide. Um, and also, of course, we gave the issue, the, the advice back in issue two four three to unburden yourself of all the criticisms and complaints you're likely to want to direct at your offspring when they're older. But as we know, you know humans become more sensitive to criticism with age. So what I'd advise you, Alice, is to before your baby can interpret language and can't really tell. If you're saying, I love you so much, I can't spell schnitzel anymore. (laughs) Or, I'm Napoleon Bonaparte and I'm totally addicted to bass. Or, buy tickets to Andy Zaltzman's recently announced uh, Australia shows. (laughs) Four dates. Adelaide. Two in Melbourne and one in Sydney. More details later in the show. And, of course, his UK tour in February, March. Your, Your baby doesn't know which of those three things you're saying, so you might as well just, you know, just all the all the insults you want to give the child through their life. Get them out now. Stack them up. Yeah, yep. that's not bad. I, I find I have very little conversation for the baby. Yep. You're meant to talk to them because it's good for their brains and everything, but I, I find I'm not good at talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> what baby tips do you have for our section in the bin? Well, here insights that I've had into babies that if you are going into having a baby, uh, you should probably keep in mind. Your baby is somewhere between a sort of a transcendental hope for the future bright spark inspiration to your life and a barely sentient tube. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll flip rapidly between those two states in some sort of quantum flux. Um, as a mother, this is the first time I've said the phrase, as a mother. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sure I count. Sure, I made a baby in my body, and I'm currently its only source of nutrition, care, and comfort, but I haven't had a moral panic about rap music or video games <laughs> or gender nonconformity, so can I really be considered a real as-a-mother mother? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know if this is a tip as much as it is just... It's a weird thing to be food... Yes. Eat of this milk for it is my body. Yeah. It's a very mundane task being food, but when Jesus does it, it's a big deal. <laughs> That's uh, Those are my tips. I've got a, a couple more uh, new tips to add to those old ones from, from back in the bugle uh, past. Record every noise your baby makes. Uh, I don't know if you've been doing that, because new research has suggested that babies cry in Morse code. <laughs> um, so if you hear a uh, short cry, wah, 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 it's quite a classic pattern of crying which yes. is slightly extended that that actually spells in morse code wah <laughs> um, 
But you have to record it just in case your infant has been sent from a deity or deities with a secret message for humanity conveyed through their mewlings. So keep keep tabs on that, Alice. And also, the chances are that you're going to have a falling out at some point with your child and you want to be able to threaten your pro- progeny with cancellation because you've got proof that they cried something offensive in Morse code when they were three weeks old. Just put that aside. Well, I have actually incidentally recorded some of my, my baby's noises because I've been doing what I'm calling NFTs or night feed thoughts on my <laughs> Patreon where in, in the middle of the night, um, in order that these people don't stop supporting my lifestyle, I uh, record my philosophical 3 a.m. baby feeding thoughts and turns out my baby eats quite loudly. <laughs> <laughs> so she's upstaged me in the comments section. Everyone's like, great noises. Also tips on how to get rid of unwanted attention from cooing passers-by. Uh, just a few simple phrases Yeah, if you just want to get rid of uh, people giving excessive attention to, to you and your new child. Uh, phrases such as, oh, it's not mine. It just came <laughs> with a flat arm renting. Uh, the baby's name, uh, the Antichrist. Why are you running away? It's just short for Theodore Anthony Christopher. Why do people always react like that? <laughs> or you could say, yeah, uh, I had my COVID jab, and then like a week later, out of the blue, I just go into labour, and here we are. Did you know about half the babies in the local creche are the same? Something's going on. Anyway, how are you? Uh, or keep a portable speaker uh, hidden in your pram or other pram babulatory vehicle uh, or uh, in any kind of baby carrier or behind a baby's head with a playlist of these phrases. Um, to make it look like you have a talking baby. <laughs> it's very nice to meet you. Can we do lunch sometime? <laughs> Call me. Or help, help, I'm a 43-year-old American intelligence agent <laughs> trapped in a baby's body. Or what's your view on QAnon? Personally, I think there's something in it. Option four, between us, can you shout me a burger? A hate milk um, well look it is it is true it is true that a baby is an absolute magnet for women of a certain age i i think that babies must be deadly to old ladies because they are drawn to babies like moths to a flame <laughs> and i feel obliged to fend them off for their own safety that section in the bin Top story this week, the world is going mad about COVID. A couple of things happened, well, sort of pretty much the minute I arrived in Australia. One we'll touch on later regarding the cricket, but also protests all over Australia about um, about COVID, and specifically in favour of more people getting ill and dying, it seemed to be. Um, the f- so-called freedom rallies, people protesting for the freedom to both suffer and spread avoidable illness, uh, which I guess is one of the most precious of all freedoms when you think about it, it's what our antecedents for so many wars for. These have been happening all over the world, but particularly in Australia where the, the sort of case numbers have been, I mean, you've been absolutely hammered by, but I think we've had 50 times more cases than, <laughs> than Australia. And you're not really even making much of an effort to catch up. Uh, it, the, kind of, how, do you, how do you explain these, this, this, this phenomenon? Uh, look, I think uh, Australians don't know when they're onto a good thing would probably be the, uh, other than brunch, we appreciate brunch, very much but certainly we're getting a lot of propaganda from America and the UK and Canada and Australians lack an identity um, of our own so we just sort of think that we're the same which we aren't actually. (laughs) (laughs) So I should point out these protests are sort of against COVID regulations and lockdowns and forcing people to have vaccines. Yes, which A, we're not doing. We're not right. forcing people to have vaccines. There are sort of private businesses that are doing vaccine mandates and also all of the lockdowns are mostly ending as we hit these <laughs> vaccine targets. So it seems like a little bit of a late, late um, 
rally, and this, this is not huge numbers of people, it's sort of thousands of people across Australia, which is quite a big country. Um, but the anti-vax protests are just one of these fascinating modern phenomena where all of the different sides of the debate, of which there are about six, all of them are calling each other Nazis, including <laughs> the Nazis. I saw a man on a train. I was overhearing his conversation, and he was saying he had a swastika neck tattoo. So cool. first of all, important piece of context for this <laughs> little piece of conversation. Yeah, he had a swastika neck, neck tattoo, and he was calling the Australian government fascist, <laughs> which, I mean, you can't accuse someone of trying to perpetuate the Fourth Reich if you look like you approve of the Third Reich. <laughs> I just... <laughs> yes. I mean, that's, I mean, at best, a tainted brand, certainly, Um so I feel like this can be all contextualised by a man that I used to know. He used to live in the suburb and he sold nut butter from a small shop and it was like really fancy, expensive, delicious nut butter. It was made with macadamias and coconut oil. It was absolutely delicious and it cost like $12 and it was amazing. Um, and he would wear shorts only and you would go in and buy the nut butter from him. He would call everybody captain and he maintained firmly that everyone needed to do six shits a day <laughs> for optimum health and that you needed to begin your day by drinking a litre of salt water. And his walls oh were lined with uh, pamphlets telling you about how there were parasites in the water and the government was controlling the um, radio. And, and he was a delight. He was a delight. Throughout my teens, I would go in and have a chat with him and he would tell me about how often I needed to do poo. <laughs> and he, he enriched the society of which he was a part. He was a, a figure in the community. The problem is that now the internet means these people can find each other <laughs> and organise rallies. Right. And that makes me sad. Yes. Because Captain Nutbutter, one lone Nutbutter salesman propounding the virtue of six shits a day enriches a community, but they should never be linked up, I think <laughs> is my theory. But six shits a day, that's a logistical nightmare. <laughs> it's too, it's Can you try to do emissions shit. trading of some kind? He just thought no disease could linger in the body if you were doing that much poo. And right. I have to say, my, well, so my baby vaccines? does significantly more than that yes, poo. Yes, I've, I've seen. Very healthy. I've seen your baby in action. Um, <laughs> they, yes, highly efficient system. Some fairly extraordinary things have happened at these protests. There were chance to hang the Premier of Victoria, uh, Dan Andrews. Um, who's trying to pass the legislation in 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 Victoria? That's another thing with with Australia that it's you know it's a country, but oh, it's a sort of federation, isn't it, of different states with their own governments and then the national government on top, and it seems to be causing quite a lot of confusion with with, with COVID. But people people who are brandishing nooses and gallows at these rallies, the kind of measured, sensible, healing and forward thinking language and actions uh, that really help dispel the sense that everyone involved in these protests is a certifiable platinum grade fuckwit. Um, <laughs> They also chanted Aussie, 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 oi, 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 which um, is a cricket chant, isn't it? It is a cricket chant. As far as it goes, it's sort of very patriotic, but also um, implies a lack of confidence that you haven't got someone's <laughs> attention yet. Yes. Well, actually, what, what, it, what it turned out, actually, they just, it wasn't complete. The, the Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. They missed out the three vays after the ois. <laughs> um, so the standards have fallen, Andy. It used yeah. to be Aussie, 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 I beg your pardon, I beg your pardon, I beg your pardon. <laughs> I mean... I guess, you know, some people have legal concerns about the proposed pandemic bill and Andrew is trying to pass in terms of transparency, accountability, potential future misuse. But those types of concerns about legislation generally not best expressed by death threats or staging mock executions. I think that undermines an argument. Generally. Your political message. Yeah, it yeah. worked. Look, it, it worked for the French Revolution and it hasn't worked since. Right. I feel so that's looking more the exception that proves the rule rather than. 
Yes, and also yeah. I don't think post-French Revolution France was that great a place to be. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and also in Australia, surely you don't do mock executions, you do mock transportations to the other side of the world, surely. <laughs> Maybe not such an arresting visual if you're a c- thinking about your Instagram post, but still. <laughs> when the, the Brisbane crowd at a protest in Brisbane was asked by a um, speech-giving protester, and I apologise to the likes of Emmeline Pankhurst, Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, the guy who stuck a flower in a tank in Tiananmen Square, Rosa Parks, and many others who've braved the establishments and powers of their time and, and place to drive human progress forward for using the term protester um, <laughs> about these people. But the, the Brisbane crowd were asked what they thought of the Queensland Premier, uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk, and someone shouted, hang the bitch. So clearly able to cling on to misogyny as well as quitted delusionism, which... That's impressive multitasking in a way. I I applaud it. Right. Out of context. That's going to look bad. Um, (laughs) People are wearing My Body, My Choice t-shirts. Now, many things I would endorse that sentiment, but the problem is the subtext is your body, also my choice, when people are refusing to have the vaccine. Yes, that would work if uh, human pregnancies were done like fish do them. (laughs) And you had men walking down the street spraying clouds of permeable don't say that semen into the air people will get ideas <laughs> there was a protest here in sydney as well did you, you didn't join in uh, i did not other oh. than witnessing the man with the swastika tattoo on his neck and his <laughs> <laughs> which is a very curious uh, scandy noir crime novel well either he was full of irony or he was unself-aware from the neck down <laughs> well he hasn't noticed i don't know what's on my neck i never it's possible that it was put there as a prank some years ago, and he's never. No one said to. People well, are slow when you've got food running down your mouth after a meal. People generally won't tell you, will they? Yeah, or someone's wearing a beret and you're not sure if it's on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> the accidental beret is one of the greatest fashion faux pas. Uh, it's not just Australia where people have been protesting. Um, violent protests in the Netherlands, uh, of all places, surging cases have led to tightening government restrictions and the prospect of uh, further controls on the unvaccinated, which has understandably riled people who like to think of themselves as vectors of the sacred will of Infexo, the ancient <laughs> virus god. Um, very important to the people of the Netherlands, of course. There was a pile of blazing bicycles at a protest in The Hague. In, in uh, I didn't even know you could set a pile of bicycles on fire. <laughs> Which shows how angry people are. And it really, it is one of those very adding insult to injury things because it takes the environmentally friendliness of bicycles and completely f***s that out the window. I think there's something... I mean, it's maybe not quite as haunting as the weeping penguin, but the burning <laughs> bicycle, I think, tells us a lot about the world we live in today. Yeah. Yeah, it's really taking your carbon footprint and pissing in it. <laughs> Cricketers failing not to take pictures of their own penises news now. And, Alice, it was 15 minutes after I landed in Australia that uh, the Australian cricket captain, uh, Tim Payne, resigned after it it emerged that he had a shared photograph of his um, uh, gentleman's um, (laughs) gugruches with uh, a lady, uh, consensually, apparently, but the lady was emphatically not his wife. It's a curious, rather sad tale. So he he resigned. He'd been captain for about three years. He came in after the ball-tampering scandal of 2018, see Bugle 4064 uh, for details. The idea was that he was supposed to lead a a new, better-behaved, more open, more honest Australian team, but he's now had to resign 
because of these photographs of his of his groinals. It's a confusing story because I mean, of all the many design flaws in on God's Earth, the male gonadulums have got to be right up there aesthetically, surely. Yeah, you don't. You don't. I mean, you'd okay. One oughtn't to lead with the junk. I yes. feel. I feel. I feel like the whole sort of courtship process is a as a pre-apology. <laughs> <laughs> If if your penis is the most attractive thing about you, you have a problem, <laughs> or an incredibly attractive penis. But yeah. you know what I mean. It's just sort of not. It's it's not the thing. Yes. As far as I as I know, I, the thing that I I very much enjoy about a sexting scandal is that we we find out what middle aged men think women think is sexy, <laughs> and they're wrong. I I feel like instead of instead of firing people from their jobs, you should give them a reading list. You know, Napoleon's letters to Josephine, or or uh, Frida Kahlo to Diego Rivera, or just some Shakespeare. Just just get the best of Grinder, anything with some spark and flair. Right. It's just so embarrassing to read sexting scandal yes. sexts. They're not it, good quality. So why not? You know, send you know a nice you know a photograph of Michelangelo's David's junk. You know, because then. <laughs> You know, beautifully sculpted. You know, there's a bit more to it, really. Yeah, yeah. Or do something. Okay, I would forgive a, a, a. I would forgive a sexting if it had creativity involved. Yes. Although that said, there was that um, senator in America who sort of flopped his into a <laughs> glass of wine or something. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. I mean it's. You, you, it is confusing. You know the etiquette of what you're supposed to do at a wine tasting. And, <laughs> Uh, no, Put some googly eyes on it. <laughs> um, as a result, this I think this was dealt with, sort of dealt with at the time that they, they decided it didn't contravene their disciplinary procedure. It was a bit confusing. This was before he was Australian captain. He's, he's dealt with it with his wife and family at the time. Now it's been dredged up um, uh, through the the merciless prism of modern media. Uh, so it's all kind of sad. And English cricket at the same time in the build-up to the Ashes is being torn apart by a very belated attempt to reckon with its racism problem. And it, none of it is going well for anyone. <laughs> and the glory of the cricket is being somewhat overshadowed by a mixture of extremely serious problems in the game and a ridiculous story about a cricketer's willy. Yes, well, for for a long time, cricket managed to cruise by on being the, the, an artefact of colonialism somehow untarnished by the uh, seedy underbelly of colonialism. <laughs> so it's not surprising that this this particular angle is coming up now, but uh, I, I, I hope that you guys can work your way through it, um, probably over the course of slightly longer than other people would want you to. <laughs> Another puzzling thing is that, you know, this is in 2017, you thought by then all sports stars would have been given the basic training of any sports team at any level above, completely amateur, and hopefully even that. And that, lesson one, don't send people photographs of what I believe Bob Dylan described as your jingle jangles. And uh, <laughs> none of you will ever be able to listen to Mr Tambourine Man in the same way again. So the the new Australian captain, you know, they, we talk about nominative determinism. This is, I don't know, nominative... Irony. Uh, Pat Cummins is is the new captain, and I mean, he's a very impressive man. Pat Cummins, despite is, having the name but, of a sexting scandal, maybe yes, that's, maybe because he's had to, to rise above that and become you know hugely impressive cricketer, hugely impressive young man. He had years out of the game injured, and 
studied uh, he's a sort of ideal role model and he but he he said i'm not perfect in a press conference today and uh i don't believe him to be honest i mean look at him he's <laughs> an extraordinary extraordinary creature uh, more on this story and indeed the entire ashes series in the bugle ashes urncast in which felicity ward and I will chronicle the latest instalment of this great historical sporting rivalry, which dates back to 1882. Uh, you'll be able to get that on the internet, as indeed most podcasts are. It's going to be uh, it's going to be very good. Uh, and if you want to listen, there will be a link to the show in the show notes uh, to this. I'm reliably informed. I, I assume you all make your own notes on all Bugle shows anyway. We'll have uh, guests on it as well, um, and uh, no doubt at some point cricket will break out. So far. In the old days, Alice, teams used to uh, take about six weeks getting here by the boat. They'd play about two months of cricket, and then finally, if anyone remembered, they'd actually get round to playing an England v Australia game. Uh, and now England's stuck in a hotel in Brisbane trying to play a game basically against themselves, but that got <laughs> rained off. And Australia are discussing junk. Uh, it's not a classic build-up to an Ashes series. No, but there will be a pyre of vanities. Is it a bonfire of the vanities? I don't know what I'm talking about. A funeral pyre of vanities. That's when the vanities have died, <laughs> which may happen at some point in human history. Um, another factor in the ashes, uh, which no doubt we will be covering in the Bugle Ashes Urncast, is a, the presence of La Nina, the uh, cold and wet uh, weather system, uh, which has um, turned Australia entirely grey, as far as I can work out. Uh, yes, yes. It is wet, it is damp, it is moist, it is chilly, it is uh, not going to be a bushfire season, so right. I'm. It's all upside from my perspective. But obviously, you coming to Sydney expecting beautiful, clear, sunny skies and our normal weather, uh, deeply disappointed. Yes. It's only this week, so I'm. I'm blaming you, really. Right. The talk of once in a century rains splotting down on parts of Australia over the past week, but the problem is, once in a century events are now happening approximately once in a hundredth of a century. Yes, it's called time inflation. Right. Okay, I mean, this is a new <laughs> angle on global warming scepticism, Alice. Oh, it's, it's not global warming, it's time inflation. It's time inflation. You know how time passes quicker as you get older right. in sort of this race towards death. And that affects weather more than... Yeah, the, the weather else. is having a midlife crisis. Yeah. <laughs> that is fine. It's absolutely fine. I mean, it's, it's not good for the Australian brand, though, is it? Because the classic combination of sun, sea, sand and startlingly obvious warnings of impending catastrophe, the four S's, but now it's just kind of damp and wet. Yeah, you're not even going to get skin cancer from looking no. outside as an Englishman. What's the point in coming? When I used to do surf lifesaving, English people would come and we had a we had profiling of, of English people that was about the way that you approached them because they would be drunk and passed out brick red on the sand and you had to wake them up to tell them to put sun cream on as part of our duties as surf lifesavers. <laughs> and you had to approach them by touching their foot with your foot because they would come up swinging. <laughs> I feel that's an indictment on your culture. Well, add it to the list. <laughs> Just try to help them. Britain news now. And, well, it's been absolutely delightful to be uh, away from Britain uh, over the past few days because uh, the news well, was dominated for a while by Boris Johnson giving a speech that really was another proud parade of his lamentable unfitness for high office, medium office or even low office, and it speaks to the Confederation <laughs> of British Industries, began with the, the usual blustering platitudes, complaints about the state of the nation, despite the fact that his party has been in charge of the nation for most of the last what, 40 years. Um, uh, absolute denial of any form of reality and responsibility, selective uh, economic nuggets of potential uh, half-truths, before it then descended 
into the equally uh, traditional fumbling incoherence and pointless verbal twattery. And at one point, he started extolling the virtues of Peppa Pig World, uh, the <laughs> theme park based on the children's cartoon character uh, Peppa Pig. He said, it's very much my kind of place. It has very safe streets, discipline in schools, and a heavy emphasis on new mass transit uh, systems. Uh, he missed out a few things on that list that are clearly his kind of place, massively underfunded public services, uh, dog whistle politics, and uh, carefully constructed social divisions. So maybe something for the, the theme park to work on. I mean, he missed a trick that Peppa Pig is the sad, gritty reboot to the colonial classic, uh, which is salt pork on a convict ship. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Where is it with Tory leaders and pigs? <laughs> Other news now, and uh, what's some exciting news from um, the Trump family. Uh, Alice, you are uh, the Bugle uh, Trump family uh, correspondent. Um, I know they've been in touch to congratulate you on the birth of your your child. Um, What's the latest from them? Well, this is Lara Trump, uh, you know, coming out of left field. She's not the normally uh, front page Trump, but she is named in The Guardian as a Fox News contributor and wife of Eric Trump, uh, which seems redundant. You cannot be one of those things... If you're one of those things, you are necessarily the other, I think. I mean, Eric Trump wouldn't marry someone who couldn't contribute to Fox News and vice versa. Anyway, Lara has claimed that the rising cost of the Thanksgiving turkey is part of a liberal plot uh, to ruin Thanksgiving and chip away at American traditions, uh, which... It's an impressive plot if they can pull that off. Yes, uh, so basically Thanksgiving turkeys are becoming more expensive... Um, due in in large part to things like supply chain logistics and labour shortages. Uh, But this idea that it's a liberal plot to ruin Thanksgiving has confirmed my suspicion that those who claim to be free market capitalists have no idea what free market capitalism is or entails or might look like for them, which is to say, you know, more expensive turkeys after a f***ing pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a conspiracy. I'm prepared to believe it. It would be quite a weird way of going about it, really. I mean, is it... If you were running that conspiracy, Alice, to destroy American tradition and uh, society in general, would putting one dollar on the price of a turkey be really the fastest route for me to be? Look, it wouldn't be the move that I would right. choose. What would, you, what would you? What would you choose? If I wanted to ruin Thanksgiving, yeah. I would write, remind people of what happened to the Native Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So rather than Thanksgiving, uh, apology giving, maybe. Yes. Right. And you wouldn't have a turkey for that. Well, I mean, what would be a more apologetic meat? Uh, <laughs> I feel like turkey is probably the most apologetic right. meat, actually. Possibly some sort of wet fish. Or flappity salmon. Flappity salmon? Yeah. Uh, he's a Republican you know senator. You... <laughs> he's propounding this, uh, this theory. Now I'm going to have to explain. Do you know how there's... If you have smoked salmon, you can get sort of smoked salmon in chunks. Yep. And then it's sort of quite nice. But you can also get the flappity smoked salmon. Flappity smoked salmon. Which is my least favourite thing. I can understand that. It's so sort of... Flappity. Flappity. It's not what you want in anything. I just provided a bad insight into the way my brain works. (laughs) Don't think I've ever called it that out loud before. Contest of the week news now, and um, well, J.P. Morgan, the celebrity bank, um, uh, is um, trash talking the Chinese Communist Party, and it's I mean it's like you know two boxers saying they're going to knock each other out, 
And J.P. Morgan has uh, well claimed that it was going to last longer than the Chinese Communist Party. And then after uh, realising quite how much uh, business interest it had in China, uh, hastily rode back on that and said, no, you're doing really well, Chinese Communist Party, um, as you were. Yes, so the, the J.P. Morgan had just done a deal to be the first some sort of bank in China, doing some sort of banking thing that other people have not been allowed. But and that is beyond the level of economic expertise <laughs> that, that, that this podcast really They're the allows. first full foreign owner of a securities brokerage in China. I pretend I don't know these things because I want to <laughs> maintain some self-respect. But... Uh, so there was a party, this man said he thought that J.P. Morgan Chase would last longer than the Chinese Communist Party and then was immediately forced to abjectly apologise. Uh, he, he said, I regret my recent comment because it's never right to joke about or denigrate any group of people, whether it's a country, it's leadership or any part of a society and culture, uh, which, Andy, I think is is something both of us need to <laughs> seriously think about. <laughs> It's not just JP Morgan that's that's taking on China. Australia uh, appears to be about on the very brink of war uh, with the uh, mighty Chinese military. Mm-hmm. Peter Dutton, the uh, defence defence minister, has been accused of saber rattling, no less, um, uh, in what may be a distracting distraction tactic in the build up to next year's uh, general general election. And I mean, it's it's a curious gambit isn't it, for, for Australia to sabre-rattle, because they don't really have militarily a sabre. They've, they've ordered some submarines that are going to be ready in 25. So they sort of have a sabre, not so much a sabre, as a cardboard tube saying there may be a bit of a sabre in this in two and a half decades' time. <laughs> so, yeah, rattle, the, ra- rattle. the rattling of a sort of a box of Tic Tacs at this point. Uh, yeah, so basically... Dutton and many other politicians at the moment, I think all around the world, have realised that strongman tactics are popular, given that people have been faced with the absolute failure of democracy in so many forums of life, mainly in it's nice to think that we could be run by the people until you meet the internet and see what people are like (laughs) kind of way. So, So... a lot of these men are deciding that they need to be strong men, the problem being that essentially most of them are weak men, particularly in Australia, where if you're, if you're in Australian politics, it means you are in Australian university student politics, uh, which is not the forum of strong men. <laughs> so, I mean, just describe Peter Dutton for those who haven't avidly followed his career, as I know you have as a huge fan. I've seen all, all the posters you have in your, your, your living <laughs> above your, your baby's cot and everything. Um <laughs> Because to me, he looks like he's basically just auditioning for a role as a baddie in a Bond film. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, that yes, he is. He is probably one of those people who is a baddie in a Bond film for about thirty seconds before the the real baddie dumps him into a pit of crocodiles. <laughs> <laughs> he's sort of a, a sad background baddie. <laughs> <laughs> the worst kind. He's the kind of person who would be listed in the credits as sort of baddie number three. Right. Still on the podium. Um, he said, over the next decade, China's nuclear warhead stockpiles, estimated to be in the 200s last year, is projected to reach between 700 and 1,000 warheads. That's uh, so over the next decade. But just wait, wait another decade and a half after that, those submarines are going to be ready to counteract that. Uh, but also, you can see why Australia's getting worried, because 200 to 300 nuclear warheads, you'd probably think China's got bigger fish to fry. Uh, but with 1,000, they can just go willy-nilly. So Australia then gets in the firing line. <laughs> Well, given that our defensive strategy is wait for America to save us, I don't think 
This is the kind of behaviour of the person in the schoolyard who knows their big brother is coming to pick them up. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of this uh, this extremely windy bugle. I don't know how much of the wind you'll have been able to... But it it's felt like we're you know, on some kind of 19th century ship. I mean, yes, it is a very small deck. cabin. Yeah. The wind whistling through the eaves. Apart and... from the ridiculous amount of recording equipment balanced on a small table with two laptops. <laughs> showbiz! This is showbiz! Well, my normal desk is currently uh, currently covered in my current work equipment, which is all my b- b- breastfeeding paraphernalia. <laughs> Um, Alice's Breastfeeding Paraphernalia podcast will no doubt be coming uh, <laughs> to a uh, podcast app near you soon. Um, I think I'll be pumping it out. <laughs> where you will also be able to find the Bugle Ashes Urncast uh, with Felicity Ward and me. The only coverage of the Ashes you'll be able to hear, um, apart from um, the, the BBC radio coverage that I will also be part of and all the TV stuff that I won't be. The gigs that I mentioned earlier on the 14th of December at uh, the Rhino Rooms in Adelaide. On the 21st and 22nd of December I will be performing at European Beer in Melbourne and on the 4th of January at the Comedy Store here in Sydney. I'm hoping to be able to sort out a live bugle or two along the way as well so I'll keep you updated on those. Uh, We'll be doing Satirist for Hire at all of those shows as I will be at my UK tour in February and March. Uh, Details on the internet. My website does have the UK dates on and I will soon put the uh, Australia dates on andyzaltzman.co.uk, the greatest website. (laughs) Um, It's won so many awards. least, (laughs) least, Least updated website there you go for that. Most pointless website. Um, Is it a website website? (laughs) Do come along to them and send your satirical requests if you are coming to those gigs, 14th in Adelaide, 21st and 22nd in Melbourne, 4th of January in Sydney, um, to satirise this at satirisforhire.com. Alice, uh, you you have some things to plug. Yes, I agreed to do a show on the 9th of December um, at the Comedy Store in Sydney, uh, it's meant to be a new show with some old bits. But you've been kind of busy with other stuff. I've been kind of busy with right. other stuff. So the the um the idea of getting back into onto stage and doing comedy um when my whole life has been looking after a very small person um is daunting at best. So do come along, buy tickets to that if what you want to see is something very strange. <laughs> also, the the Australian case will be my first stand up since um. We did my Soho run together, which ended in January of 2020. So we're really giving this the hard sell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come along if you want to. If you want to be, be part of a human experience, <laughs> that's what I can guarantee. There are Bugle Christmas jumpers available via the Bugle website. The must-have fashion accessory of the millennium so far. I mean, I can't guarantee I won't leak. <laughs> that's your subtitle. Put it on the posters. Well, that's it, Alice. It's, uh, it's been lovely to see you, uh, having not seen you in person since the well, the, pretty much the before times. Yes, since the before times, since we did the, that Soho run. Yes. And hung out at Christmas at your house. Yes, and uh, well, well done again for. Um... <laughs> that's a little audio hieroglyph for you there. Undiscovered Foley artist. <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening, Buglers. Uh, we will be back soon with another Bugle. The schedule may be a little up and down 
over the next few weeks due to my uh, crazy cricket schedule, but we will be putting out bugles uh, as often as possible. Andy Zaltzman and the magnificent comedian and certifiable Australian Felicity Ward are teaming up again for the Bugle Ashes Urncast. Felicity and I are going to spend the next few weeks watching Joe Root's heroic England roar to a sensational against most of the odds victory over the wilting baggy greens of Australia. Stroke, watching Joe Root's pleasingly plucky England put up a surprisingly decent showing against Australia before losing by a much more respectable margin than they might have done. Stroke, watching Joe Root's England slump to the now traditional quadrennial humiliative thwacking by Australia. Delete, according to A, national allegiance, B, level of optimism, C, level of delusion, and D, cold, hard, history-endorsed probability. So join me, Felicity, and our guests as we document for all posterity this momentous 2021-22 series in the Bugle Ashes Urncast. Yes, the Bugle and Crickets are coming together, uh, again, but this time without anything else getting in the way. Available in every single proper podcast app. Warning, the Bugle Ashes Urncast may feature some or all of the following. Speculation on Cricket's various existential crises, advice on what parts of your body not to share pictures of, further discussions on how to turn a watermelon into a hat, and stats. There will be stats. Probably quite a lot of stats.